What's going on, y'all? Call it a special edition. Call it a Friday night fun time. Call it a light up your shirt and look like J-Rock tonight. We are here rocking with y'all tonight. We are doing a special show of the Rager Show this week because we got Saturday football, 2.30 football, man. And if you're not familiar with what we do here, we're all about sports betting fantasy perspectives and we're going to be breaking down this bills broncos game tomorrow man y'all know us we're orange weekly we're all about fans brews broncos news we're the best source of broncos content and each and every week riding with me man y'all call him jared i call him j-rock what's going on brother hey what's going on you know i was i was uh torn between wearing the christmas outfit because it's the last game before christmas right. or you know we're doing the old school wearing the old school shirt so i did both <laughs> i went i went with the both sides of this uh I, i'm ready to make some money today ray Hey, man, we have had a hell of a ride, man. We are coming off of an incredible high. Drew Locke looking like the real deal. But the Ragers bets this this year, 29-19-3. We've had a great time. We've made a lot of money. Last week, we should have made a little bit more money. Uh, we get kind of screwed at the very end of the game with Phillips Lindsay rushing yards. And then, of course, Fant goes out with some sort of uh, foodborne illness in the middle of the game and doesn't return. So we go 2-2 last week. Um Again, due to come with some unusual circumstance, I think we would have been a 3-1-4-0 type of day, but that's all right. We move on. We look at tomorrow, and let's figure out a way to make some money. So, again, if you're not familiar with the show, we're going to talk about sports betting perspectives. We're going to talk about who we believe we can make some money on while we watch the Broncos tomorrow, Saturday at 2.30. But before we go to tomorrow, Jared, I always like to break down last week, man. Give me a little bit of just your initial reactions to the Drew Lock craze. Chug, 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 Drew, Drew. Are you jumping on the thing or not? I'm, I'm still on the. I want to see more from Drew. I think a lot of people do. Uh, that, that was a, obviously a very well played, very well coached, very well executed game. KJ Hamler went off. I mean, that we finally got him into open field over the middle, and he just was burning people. But it was the Panthers who are also just as injury pl- uh, prone. And uh, had a bunch of COVID issues going on as well. I want to see that replicated a couple more times this week against maybe some teams that have a little bit better DBs. For example, Buffalo. So that, that's what I want to see. I want to see the consistency. I want to see it come in because I think right now we are the most inconsistent. We're the best, most inconsistent team in the league. Uh, ain't no doubt about that. We talked about it before the game last week that Drew Locke and Pat Shermer were playing for their jobs, right? We, I really legitimately believe depending on what we're going to happen in these last three games, was going to be whether or not we were going to bring in, bring in a veteran that would be starting next year instead of Drew Locke, like a Matt Stafford type of voice, or we bring in somebody to kind of compete with Drew Locke. And I think Drew Locke maybe answered a few questions. We saw some glimpses of him. Um, best game by a long shot. Looked like he was in command the entire time. Of course, four yuddies, which was a huge, huge day. And ultimately right. the victory. What was the biggest difference? Like, was it, is it just simply that we were playing against the Carolina Panthers and the Carolina Panthers are the Carolina Panthers and that's why we look so dang good? Or was there something else that you saw in the game that was like, wow, yes, okay, I'm finally starting to see this type of play from Drew Locke. I'm starting to see this type of play call. Well, the, I think the, the best part is, is is we've been seeing it throughout the year. We've been seeing the – it's there. It's There's a possibility it's there, but for one reason or another, we mess it up, whether it be a, a penalty or an errant throw or a bad read – Everything's been there all season. We just need to kind of bring it together. And I think that was for the first time this season. We saw it actually all come together with no errors, 
no uh, errant passes, no like crazy, you know, penalties bringing us back. And it all just kind of came together. Even on special teams, it came together. Like (laughs) First time, like special teams has been just like the punchline of every single joke that we've made this entire year. (laughs) And sure as shit enough, something good happened on special teams. I couldn't even believe my stinking eyes, man. So when we think about last week, I want to kind of focus there for a second. One interesting thing for me was, is Melvin Gordon – and Philip Lindsay, are we starting to see a little bit of a divide between these two running backs? Of course, we are big, huge fans of Lindsay on this show. We've made a lot of money on Philip Lindsay, but it's seen we got Melvin Gordon with a hundred plus yard a week the week before. Philip Lindsay looking like he can't break a tackle. And then again, towards the end of the game, it seems like you know, Phil Gordon was the only one that was getting any production to happen, and Philip Lindsay just couldn't quite get anything going, couldn't get past the line freaking a scrimmage. Um, of course, costs us a few dollars, but are, are we starting to see a divide there? I guess that's my question for you. I, I Yes, a little bit. And I don't think the splits, the carries are being changed at all. I think there's still 50-50 carries. Uh, but what we're seeing is that Melvin Gordon's able to break off a little bit more. And, you know, we're paying him more. We're kind of expected him to come in to be that guy. Uh, I, I guess we're just now kind of finally starting to see it uh in in an actual uh, sense. And uh, we'll get into this game a little bit later. But there's a little bit of a worry uh, with our running back room going into this game. Yeah, yeah. And one of the kind of takeaways, again, from last week, if we're thinking about this, and again, the goal for sports betting every single week is not necessarily to, um, you know, try to make this big, crazy bet. We're trying to make as much of a prediction as we can. We want to predict the the, the load. We're going to predict um, who's going to get a number of targets. Again, if you think about what we talked about last week, K.J. Hamler was the number one target wide receiver for two straight weeks for the Broncos. Uh, that's why we hammered the KJ Hamler line last week because we started to see a trend. What I'm asking here is are we starting to see a trend with Lindsay that's going to start to dictate what we're going to do with our play call? Interesting thing, though. I think the first two times Lindsay touched the ball were pass plays, which I thought was so bizarre in that game because I, I, I see Gordon as our sort of pass-catching pass back not Philip Lindsay, but it seemed like the first two times they tried to get Lindsay involved, it was it was trying to get him into space. It was a little bubble screen. I'm wondering if the coaching staff is starting to think, dang, we got to get Lindsay just in open field somehow, some way. And that was, I think, an interesting takeaway as we start to think through some of these things. Absolutely. And it's good. It's good for the team, too, because uh, it doesn't matter who the running back is back there. It could be a run play or a pass play. And I think that's something that, you know, at the beginning of the season, we kind of struggled with that. You kind of knew it was going to be run play if Lindsay was in there because he can't he doesn't pass block very well and doesn't really catch it. Right. Uh, but now with him going out and catching balls, I think it kind of puts a little bit more of that kind of spin on it. It's kind of hard to cover. You don't know for sure it's a run if Lindsay's in there. Yeah, Fidel, thanks for chiming in, man. We always love y'all rolling with us each and every week. I see some great analysis there. Yeah, it's just an interesting perspective. You know, again, trying to predict how many carries, how many things. Um, If you're looking at the sports betting lines last week, Philip Lindsay was projected to have seven carries in the game. That's where the sports bet over under was. He went over that seven carries, but he didn't get to his 27 yards, which I thought was quite interesting for us as we started to make our bet that week. He was looking at like two yards a carry, and that is something that we just cannot see from Philip Lindsay. Well, that was that was our biggest frustration last week as we went hard on Philip Lindsay. He had the yardage, and then he had that loss of four yards on that last play where we were trying to run out the clock. Like obviously, good good play call can you know run out the clock time to get it out, but losing yeah. four yards really screwed over. We lost us some money. Hey, uh, hey Ray, I'm getting a little thirsty over here. Um, oh, is it? Is there, what time is it? I'm pretty sure it's beer thirty. Let's have some beer, brother. <laughs> Thank you.
Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Man, you know, Jared, I forgot about our dang thing, man, as we do it each and every week, man. But I'm hanging out here with Firestone Union Jack IPA. There we are. I love to bring something new and different every week for y'all. Tasty, tasty you want over here. Yeah, I'm going with the, uh, I just moved up to northern, kind of like middle South California, up the San Luis Apistro Slow Brew Company Mustang IPA. It's pretty good. It's the first time I tried it. It's pretty good stuff. Tasty stuff, man. Hopefully, y'all are riding with us on this Friday night. We'll probably find a way to crack a few cold ones during the game tomorrow. So uh, let's tie up the Lindsay thing, and let's go into next week here. Lindsay's big thing, the first seven weeks of the year, I think um, minus his couple of injured games, he had one run of at least 20 yards in every single one of those games. In the last three games, no runs over 20 yards. I think that's what we're starting to see, a little bit of that hindrance on Lindsay. Of course, we know he's got breakaway speed. He's got to get that past that first level. I don't think he's gotten past the first level in two straight weeks, and that's been just something for us to keep track of as we start to break down this week. All right. We look to the Bills tomorrow. Uh, potentially the sexy, you know, slamming through tables type of crazy shit they do up at Buffalo. <laughs> Potentially one of the greatest, most energetic fan bases there is out there, and and possibly, quite possibly, a sexy sort of preseason pick to win it all. Bills have kind of sputtered at times, but they look like they have found their groove. We go in tomorrow. Bills, seventh overall rating for their overall team per pro football focus, 10th offensive rating, 13th defensive rating. Seems like they're just good all around. What is your just first analysis of the Bills? And and then we'll start to break down position groups here in a second. Yeah, it seems like they finally have their groove. You know, last year they struggled pretty hard, and and this year they came in and they're uh... – they're rolling through pretty well, uh, and and a lot of their games are really high scoring. They finally found, you know, with Stephon Diggs and uh, and Josh Allen, they're really getting their yep. their groove on, and that's I think the biggest piece. Their their blowouts, their defense is letting up numbers, but their offense is put. I mean, they look like the Kansas City Chiefs of the East Coast right now. They, they're really putting up some numbers, and it's really difficult to stop them on defense. And that's what's really coming down. But who would have thought? Obviously, with everything going on, I mean, I think New England has won that division for the past. 15 20 years or something like that and now they're out here they have a chance to clinch their division against us uh tomorrow yeah and and, and Allen's probably he's the guy that has just been so interesting to see him play man he finally figured out how to throw the ball I'm hoping uh Drew Locke makes the same leap that Allen made from year two to year three if you look at Allen's career he was the worst in the league at completion percentage in his first two years and this yep. year I think he's completing like 68 percent of his passes guess who Trivia, anybody want to guess who's worse in the league right now at pass completion percentage? Uh, Drew Locke right now. So it's an interesting thing. I'm hoping that maybe we can see that same stride. I think Allen um, is not probably not quite in the MVP conversation yet, but I think he's on that first tier looking in on the MVP conversation this year. Um, I, he's a really interesting, interesting player. And I, 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 man, Allen looks like he's got it going on for sure. Yeah, and I think Fidel hit on it right on the head. I think Diggs is the best free agency pickup of the offseason. I think that really changed the tide for the Buffalo Bills going into this yeah. game. Not just this game, but this season. And uh, as they're getting ready to, whether it's this week, hopefully not this week, but you know, in the next couple of weeks, clinch their division and make it to the playoffs. So if you're you if you're not used to rolling with us, we do a podcast each and every week. But well, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna do our first segment here today. Is we're just gonna break down position groups, and so we're gonna look hey. at what do we got. Jared? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop it. If you guys are watching right now, go on to whatever podcast following your devices. Make sure you guys are following Ragers, just exactly like it's spelled R A Y G E R S on any of your podcast listening. We come out every week and do this. Uh, make sure you guys are following, it, and then make sure you follow Ray on a Twitter O W Ragers. It's Orange Weekly O W Ragers on Twitter. 
Rager is like a wager with Ra- y'all Rager, y'all got it. Y'all, it's y'all, name. Y'all got it. <laughs> so here's how we do it. We're going to break down position groups and we're going to start with the wide receiver groups. And we're looking at our wide receivers against the Buffalo Bills cornerback secondary area. KJ Hamler again coming on, uh, leading the leading the Broncos in targets and leading our team in wide receiving yards last week. Um, Jerry Judy looking like a decent day with his 45-yard type of day. Tim Patrick getting a little bit of love towards the end, especially with the touchdown play. Who's got an advantage here? Us, them, wide receivers versus their cornerbacks. Who's got an advantage? Right now it's their cornerbacks. Uh, and and the biggest part is their safeties are playing very, very well. Carlos Hyde is having an amazing season right now. Or Micah Hyde, sorry, not Micah Hyde is having an amazing season right now. Jordan Poyer out there. Uh, both their corners are are pretty healthy right now. I think we have – the, the the good thing that we have is I think there's no real definition. There's no real defined number one between Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy in our offense the way that we run it. One day, Jerry, Jerry Judy is the number one guy. The next day, Tim Patrick. I mean, shit, last week we saw – uh, KJ Hamler was the number right. one guy, so it really doesn't matter. But I, and I kind of like that because they're they have very strong sides and then they have a weak side. And if we could yeah. take advantage of that weak side, the problem is, is the way. And with sports betting, we don't know which side's going to be on that side at any given time. And, and Fidel, thanks for chiming in, man. Really appreciate the engagement today. Hamler will decide this game. Yeah, Hamler is kind of our kind of our our answer to to uh, Hill over there, Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. Interesting player for us. One thing we got to take into account this week, though. And I'm just projecting here a little bit. I think we're going to be behind. I still think Drew Locke's got something to prove. And when we get into the running back conversation, I think we see two questionable, probable little answers right next to uh, Gordon and Lindsay. If you look at the injury report this week, I think that gives us a little bit of pause about our run game this week. But let's move our way into the interior now. We're going to look at our tight ends against their middle linebackers, linebackers, and their and their safety core. Uh, does Fan have any sort of advantage this week? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if, if anything, and this is something we said last week, and if you guys followed us, if you guys are following us on uh, on the podcast, your podcast listening devices, I mean, every single week we are we are throwing Fant down every single week because every single week I don't think there's a linebacker, really coverage linebacker, that could truly cover Fant fully. And if they are, they have to keep him on Fant 100% of the time, which is, is not sustainable. So I, I love Fant in this game. I think if anything, Fant's going to be the difference maker, those short passes, the short inside, get him one-on-one with a linebacker and let him get out in this out in the uh, – coverage i love 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 fant this week coming off of a game where he missed because of some sort of foodborne illness just like garrett bulls did he's gonna have something to prove there what we need to get him the ball yeah and if you look at fantasy projections the bills give up the 28th most fantasy points to tight ends in the entire nfl so if you're talking about a weakness on their team it is definitely giving up fantasy points two tight ends and it's interesting because they come from a division that doesn't have strong tight end play so that tells me that tight ends are really taking advantage of them this year if you have fant in your lineups or you're looking at any daily fantasy lineups i think fant is a must play this week i think he's got a lot to prove we'll get to his yards here in a second let's go to the running back group uh and tell me what we know about running backs right now and who's gonna play if anybody should we just put out a line for roll rolls royce freeman right now or what should we do this week brother yeah, so right now it looks like, I mean, both uh, Gordon and Lindsey were limited in practice all week, uh, and they're both questionable to play. I think they both will play. It's just in what in what aspect and how much they're going to get if we're going to start limiting them. If I'm going to put my money, I'm going to put my money that Melvin Gordon will still carry the workload, and they're going to try to rest up Philip Lindsey uh, and, and uh, go from there. But I, I, we haven't heard anything from, you know, you watch – 
uh, all the all the media days and everything. We haven't really heard much from Coach about those two until the the injury report came out earlier today. Um, obviously, today they didn't have a, their walkthrough because the strength and conditioning coach had been tested positive. Yep. Uh, so we we really didn't get much of anything today. We didn't get a media day. We didn't get a what we looking like tomorrow. So that's a huge question is uh, what our running back room looks like. If, if anything, if one of those guys misses, we might be looking at a still a two-back set, but we're, we're talking about uh, having somebody else in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I, hard to project and hard to put a number on it right now. We're not seeing any lines out on Philip Lindsay, so I'm thinking that Philip Lindsay is the more probable or more questionable one to play. We do see lines on Melvin Gordon as of right now. Um, quarterback play, man, Drew Locke, chugga-chugga, Drew, Drew, man, are you jumping on the train? Drew Locke's just general chances this week. Um, what, what are we talking about? Defensive line pressure from the Bills. Is Drew Locke going to be ch- running for his life, or is he going to have a chance to sit back and make some decisions this week? So the the, the pressure from the Bills is going to come from the Blitz. They're one of the top blitzing teams in the league, just like we are. And uh, if we could protect, the only real person who I'm worried about right now on their defensive line is going to be Jerry Hughes on the outside. Luckily, their interior de- interior defensive line is not very good because that's where we struggle is our interior offensive line. I right. think both of our tackles uh, with Garrett Bowles coming back should be able to take that edge rusher. I think he's going to have the time. And again, just like you said, I, I believe 100%. He, A, has more to prove. Uh, yep. coming off of a big game. He just got AFC air player of the week. Right. Uh, and he still as he still has a lot to prove. And with that, with the absence of possibly one of our top running backs or injured running backs, he might have to be throwing. And on top of, like you said, there's a possibility we might be down early. He's going to be throwing the ball. Now, whether or not he plays it safe and he plays the clock right. control like he did last week and just take the open options, or he does, you know, what Fidel here says, two touchdowns and possibly interception. Yep. Uh, I, li- I like that look, two touchdowns, one interception, 287 yards. I think he goes, not to take away anything from you, but I think he goes over on his uh, passing yards this week uh, in the betting world. And we're going to jump in on there for a second, but Fidel, the, the line is sitting at 240 yards right now for no or for Drew Locke. So if you like 287, I think that's a pretty good deal. Again, trying to make some projections on some of those things that we're going to touch on. Um, the over-under on his touchdowns is sitting at 1.5, and it's sitting at even juice right now. So that tells you that the betting public thinks that there's a 50-50 shot that he's going to throw for two touchdowns. Um, I am with you. I think he's still got a lot to prove. Let's do a quick flip around. I see a couple of questions, comments coming in on – just how our defense is going to be this week here. I see how many corner, how will our three cornerbacks do if they're all, if we have all three that are healthy, right? Give us a kind of a breakdown of our quarterback situation. We're seeing some great things, but we also still have, you know, we have a suspension and a couple of lingering injuries. What's happening there? Or is Diggs going to just have a humongous, humongous day? So here's what here's what I like about what we did, and I am a huge fan of this move. After Philly didn't use him po- uh, properly, we brought back Will Parks, and he proved to be the difference maker last week against Carolina. He really, really did. He is stepping up in the shoes of Bryce Callahan when, in a way that nobody really thought they could as a slot corner. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's labeled as a safety, but he's playing that slot corner. We played him there last year, and he played so well. I think that's the guy that's going to be up against Diggs. I do believe that we're going to try to pull Justin Simmons over the top of Diggs just because that of that of that pressure but they have other other possible options too to throw to but Stefan Diggs is their number one guy I think what we're going to do is we're going to take Will Parks and throw uh, Justin Simmons over the top now the other two guys Oja Moody and Bosby Oja Moody has been really stepping up obviously a rookie he's really stepped up uh in his role and this is one of those games that 
it is what it is. Like if we lose this game, but we get to see more of Ojemudia, I think he's a long-term corner for us. I think yeah, he's a long-term starting guy. And that's what I really like about this game specifically. He's going to be challenged and I want to see how he steps up into the face of the challenge. Yeah. And Jerry asking here, when will Von Miller play again? He put out that cryptic tweet last week that said something like, Oh, I'll be back this year. Don't you worry about it. And then the guy that probably ruined it for everybody was Tua Tungavailoa with the uh, with the uh, Miami Dolphins winning their eighth game of the year. Basically, right. the Miami Dolphins win their ninth game. The Broncos have been eliminated from the playoffs, although there's a statistical backdoor chance with the Raiders losing last night. So we're not right. going to totally get totally into that, but if um, basically we need Miami to lose out for the rest of the year and a bunch of other shit to happen. Um, unless all of that happens, Jerry, we will not see Von Miller until next year. Great. Thanks, Von. We'll see you next year. All right, time for that over-under game that we play where I'm going to give Jared the lines for the week, and he's going to tell me over or under or where he thinks he's going to be. Let's tease the Drew Locke line we did. Drew Locke is at 243 passing yards this week. I want to give you one other little nugget. The Bills give up the 24th most fantasy points to quarterbacks in the entire league. Here's another little nugget. A third place and a fourth place team in the Daily Fantasy Millionaire Makers had Drew Locke as their starting quarterback last week. Um, that led, you know, $20,000 and $50,000 payouts. Drew Locke, I think, had the second or the third best fantasy day um, of any quarterback of the day last week. Might be a worthwhile start. Again, I believe that Drew Locke is still trying to prove something. I think Pat Shermer is still coaching for his job. Drew Locke over under 243 yards. Over 243 yards. There's two ways this is going to happen. This is going to be a close game and a shootout, or this is going to be a game that we go down early and we have to have to throw and try to force things, which is going to force him to get 20, 30 yard passes down the field. I say he is going to go over 200 and what did you say? 43 yards, 243 yards. Again, I'm with you. Uh, the Bills are going to score. I know if fans are butts about it. It's going to be hot butter t- tomorrow. I think it's going to be – it's going to be a bend-don't-break type of mentality for the Denver Broncos defense. I think the Bills put some points up on the board. It's going to force Drew Locke to put the ball in the air. Um, I-, I also like the over 243. Jerry Judy, 41.5 yards, over or under. Ah, this is tough. And you're going to ask me the same thing about Tim Patrick. And I'm going to say the same thing. I don't know who's going to be the number guy. If we're talking about if if he's going to go over uh, 243 yards, he's got to go to at least two receivers, two to three receivers are going to go over 50. Right. I don't think, I don't think we're going to have another single, you know, uh, KJ Hamler having all the catches all day. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is tough because it seems like in, and through the weeks, I don't think there's many games that Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick have both been over 50 yards. I think yep. it's either one or the other. So that's going to be difficult. However, I do think, and, and we've talked about this before. I do think that Jerry Judy is due for a big game. I, I think he's due for a big game. And I think that they're going to focus on Tim Patrick because he is our number one receiver in, in the way that we look at it. I think Jerry Judy goes over 44 yards. I, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think Judy is over. The interesting thing, and when we start to pair those lines together, if y'all haven't been following here, there's a couple ways that we can see a little bit in the lines that give us a little bit of an edge, though. Jerry Judy's even juice on 3.5 catches right now. So the betting public is believing it could be a 50-50 shot on 3.5 catches. If you think Jerry Judy's going to have at least four catches in the game, I think over 41 is a great bet for you all. I like it as well. I think he's the best way to do it right there. 
Um, and, and, Pat- and this is on, on to John's point, just as a point on to John's point, I think whoever's Trey white, uh, Travion white is uh, Tredavious, sorry, Tredavious white is lining up against. It, it's going to be difficult to get that person, the ball. He is playing lights out cornerback play right now. Uh, it's going to be whoever's on the other side and, and depending on down and distance on, on what they're playing against. Yeah. So, but interesting though, if we compare that to Tim Patrick, 49.5 yards this week. So the betting public believes Tim Patrick is actually going to be the top receiver for the Denver Broncos. Also, if you look at his juice on his receptions, it's like minus 140 juice on 3.5 receptions. Do you think Tim Patrick goes over 49? And I'll get you the question, who has a bigger day, Patrick or Judy? So honest opinion, I could be completely wrong and I'll come, you know, eat my hat next week. But here's here's the thing. Your visor, eat your visor next week. Eat my visor. You're right. You might I still got it right here, guys. I'm not I'm not <laughs> lost on the visor. I'm not lost on the visor. Uh Here's here's my thing. I think Jerry Judy's going to have a bigger game yardage wise. I do think Tim Patrick is going to score. So I I think that uh, you know, he might not hit 49 yards, but he might have three receptions for you know uh, 30 yards and a touchdown because right. we look at him hard in the end zone. Him and our tight ends are our two uh, end zone threats. That's who I that's why I think this is going to be. And I agree. Bonus question, Jared: Who has the most touchdowns on the Denver Broncos roster right now this year? The most touch uh, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick and Melvin Gordon both tied for six touchdowns this year. So, yeah, you're right. Tim Patrick, he just hey, man, he finds a way. He's got a knack for the end zone. I don't like Tim Patrick's line again. I think we're seeing a little bit of a lack of production from him a little bit. He's he's over those 100-yard games last week. Not quite where we saw him. Five targets, three catches, 36 yards, and he's Yeti. Um, he's an interesting one. I might stay away from that line. K.J. Hamler, 35.5. Where do you like it? K.J. Hamler, 45.5. I like 35. that because he – 35. I love that. I love KJ Hamler at 35. You could tell that we're getting him back and that's two weeks in a row that we really focused on making sure that we got him the ball. They do not have the slot corner that we do uh, to be able to cover what we're, what we're taking over. Uh, They don't have anybody other than maybe their safeties over the top. I think it's going to be more difficult. I don't think we're going to get those big breakaway speeds, but you could tell that both Pat Shermer and Drew Locke know that he has the speed that you have to take a, take a glance at him at least at some point during some of these plays, because there's a chance that he could pop open that big play. I love, love over 34 yards. Let's rewind five weeks. Okay. Let's I'm just going to go five weeks ago. We're talking about the Atlanta game. KJ Hamler, 10 targets Raiders game, 10 targets Miami game, six targets. Then we have the week where, you know, we get the uh, whole new Orleans deal. I'm not going to worry about that week right there. Five targets. And then last week, only three targets, but it gets 86 yards. Listen, and two touchdowns. If you have any questions about who the number one target is on the Denver Broncos right now, it is not Jerry Judy. It is not Tim Patrick. It is KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler is Drew Locke's maybe second favorite. We'll talk about Noah Fan here in a second here because I know that Fidel wants to know about Noah Fan here. But yes, KJ Hamler may just be Drew Locke's favorite deal. 35 yards, I still think, is incredibly undervalued. He has covered 35 yards in four or five out of his last six games. I, if you want to talk about trends, that's a trend right there. Mark that down. That's a rager. We're going to take, we're definitely taking KJ Hamler this week. No doubt about it. Noah Fant. Oh man. I love Noah Fant. You want to talk about a list of people that don't owe me money? Noah Fant is not on that list. Cause that dude <laughs> made me money this year. 41 yards for Noah Fant. What do we think? He's made up for the money that he lost me last year. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I love it. If he stays healthy, we we lost the bet last week because we didn't, obviously you you can't tell with those kind of last minute, uh, the foodborne illnesses. Uh, I I love Noah fan. I love Noah fan over every week. I I think, 
I'd say like 95% of the weeks, I think there's only one week we didn't take the over on Noah Fan. I think, again, like you said, KJ Hamler, Noah Fan is the number one guy. And, and honestly, it looked like even after last week, the tight end is yeah. the number one target for Drew Locke. And it, it works. And it works every single time. And I love it. So I, I love Noah Fant because he's got the athleticism to get the ball in his hands and get upfield. He's got the athleticism of a receiver and the size of a tight end. I love it. Yeah, if you if you have any questions, you're, you're right. I, I kind of teased the KJ Hamler deal, but our boy, our boy, our boy Drew Locke, man, he just loves his tight ends, man. I mean, we saw as high as 18 or 20 completions to a tight end. We also saw last week Vanette getting eight targets. All eight of those targets would have been Noah Fan's targets. I think Noah Fan gets eight targets again this week. I think he's going to crush. Before we get to the game line, though, I got a fun one for you this week, Jared. You know, this is just for I lost fantasy football playoffs with him out. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, John. Again, I think Fan. Fant is a top 10 top ten tight end, probably a top five tight end in this league, man. He is the real deal, um, no doubt about it. All right, let's do something kind of fun this week for you, Jared. We're going to do a rapid fire, but because the game is out tomorrow, we have these lines already. I'm going to give you over-under yardage on the longest completion for each one of these wide receivers, okay? So their longest completion. Longest completion, okay. Play. And just give me a quick yay, over or under. KJ Hamler over 18.5 yards is his longest completion. Over. Over. Tim Patrick, 20.5 yard completion. Over or under. Under. Judy, 20.5 yards. Over or under. Over. Over. And Noah Fent, 16.5 yards, longest completion. Over. Over, I, I agree as well, man. I love Noah. Uh, I love him, man. I, I, it's, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a five-yard reception and a 20-yard run. I, exactly, man. And again, we've talked about this a thousand times. Noah Fent, all of last year in the 18-19 football year. I'm sorry, that'd be 19-20 football year. Um, number one in tight ends and yards after the catch. Noah Fent got enormous breakaway speed. I like all those lines, man. I think you nailed them. That's probably where I would have put them. I love Noah Fett over 16.5 yards. I think that that's it. Um, we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. I get all that good stuff, but um, I might ride or die with Noah Fett tomorrow. I might be eating ramen noodles on Christmas or Christmas <laughs> on Christmas, given Noah Fett tomorrow, man. That's it. I'm not messing around. All right, let's go to the game, and then we'll do a quick wraparound. Bills, minus five right now. They are a five-point favorite this week. And let me just pause for a second. Beep. Everybody that's listening, hold on one second. If you would have asked me this question two weeks ago, three weeks ago, in the New Orleans Saints week before, after that week, I bet you the Bills would have been about an 11 or 12-point favorite today. I, I think I truly believe that. I think the line has – it hasn't moved tremendously. The line opened up, um, I think, in the minus six range. I think it went all the way up to minus eight at one point in time, and then it has trickled all the way back down to minus five for the Bills. Um, do you think the Bills – Beat the Broncos by five points. Do you think the Broncos cover by five points? Do you think the Broncos win? I don't know. What do you think, Jared, to that line? So, so there's there's two things that I have to look at this. I look at it as a Broncos fan, and I say, hell no, we could beat them, right? We, we could beat them. We can go in there. We could keep it a close game because it seems like a lot of their games are close. But then you take a closer look. At six points, they have only had two wins this season that have been less than six points everything else they've won by more than six and that's a tough stat as as an, as an analyst it's kind of hard to look past if if you honestly believe that we cannot win this game i would not take that line only because statistically if they're going to win they're going to win by more than uh six points yeah I and mean, you look at that minus five line and we've talked about this so many times through the years 
So this is the teaser. This is a great teaser line here. If you like the Bills, tease them down. You get them down to plus one for the game. All they got to do is win the game. I think that's a great deal. Broncos, it's just so hard, man. Do we see Drew Lock of last week or do we see the Drew Lock of three weeks ago where we can't even right. move the ball? We see two errant throws, and next thing you know, the Broncos have scored 10 points in the game. I think that that makes things incredibly, incredibly hard. One thing, though, I like to always look at, I like to always think about, I like to always share, though, if we look at the points that are projected, and we're seeing here, the Bills' total points is projected at 27.5 for the game. The Broncos' total points are projected at 21.5 for the game. Um, if I'm looking at both of those lines, the Bills are actually not seeing positive or seeing negative juice there. The people think actually they're going to be under 27.5 points this week. And the Broncos, we're seeing over juice. We think the, the betting public thinks that the Broncos are going to score more than 21.5 points this week. It's interesting. I'm not going to take this line. I'm not going to mess with this game. I don't care. I'm going to sit back. I might bet every single one of these longest receptions, open up a here, <laughs> and I might just hang out and watch the game because it's Saturday football. I'm not touching the minus five. I think that that is an interesting line for us. Um, I think that we're going to have something to think about there. Uh, Fidel just put this in here. Jared, do you think this will have any deal? McManus redemption. I believe McManus is out for the game. Out. If I read that correctly. And so we have actually a kicker from that's been hiding on our practice squad that they just said, listen, we're going to pay you $10,000 a week to just stay home and kick field goals at your local high school. Don't even come near the facility because I think McManus is out. Um, yep. Does that play a role in any way, shape, or form this week? Yeah, no, it's exactly what we did after the the a fiasco in New Orleans. We realized what are the two most important things that's really difficult to get past? Quarterback and kicker. Those are the two most difficult things to get past. Uh, yeah, no, we, we brought in this reserve kicker. I have no idea who he is. I have not seen any. I don't know where he's coming from. I don't know what he does. Uh, I mean, he might go out there and, and score 12 points, and, and I don't I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that McManus was the most consistent thing on our football team, hands down. There's been a couple times until he's he missed week, a couple right. until last week. He missed a couple extra points, but it, it was really difficult. Uh, he's he's kicked in 54, 56 yard field goals. We can't do that with this backup kicker. I don't think. I don't think we get down to the 30 yard line and are comfortable kicking the field goal. So what we might see is Gus going for it on fourth down inside in between the 30 and 40, just because we don't have that faith in our kicker. I think that's going to be the biggest difference in this game. And it's going to have a lot of people getting mad at the coaches for going for it and like not understanding situational awareness. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah you're right. Nick is being out kind of, do, it does hurt us. It hurts us a little in, in different ways, but I don't think it's going to be a, uh, I don't think it's going to be a game changer. Cause you know, when it's a game changer, if we're kicking field goals, but at low, I guess right. with Drew Locke nowadays, he don't even give a damn about field goals. We just go score touchdowns all the way. So I'm good with that. Drew Locke, if you'd like to do that again tomorrow, I'm good with that. Jared over under 49.5 points on Saturday. I almost said on Sunday, but that would have made sense. Uh, tomorrow. Saturday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Over game. Tomorrow. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be a shootout game. It looks like we finally figured out for a couple of weeks in a row, how to get in the, Oh, not in a row, but for a couple of weeks now, we know how to get in the end zone. Um, and I think we finally kind of figured out what we need to do to be able to get into the end zone, into the red zone and into the end zone. I think it's going to be over. We're going to score a couple of touchdowns. They're going to score f multiple touchdowns. And yep. it's going to, I think this game legitimately is going to be a shootout. I don't think there's going to be anything boring about this All game. Right. That's for sure. Love it. John says definitely over. Hey, if you like the over, here's where you can find some value. Again, we talk about finding these values right now. The team total touchdowns for the Broncos is projected at 2.5 touchdowns for the team. And you're paying mm -hmm. even juice on that. It's minus 110 juice right now. So if you think the game is over, you think the Broncos have a shot here, 
what you can definitely do is if you want to do that, you can just bet over 2.5 touchdowns to the Broncos. Knowing McManus is out, knowing yes. the likelihood to be a bit more aggressive, maybe taking that fourth down shot at the 30, 35 yard line. So that way we're not kicking a 50 yard field goal, but we're going for it. That is a line that might be a little bit um, interesting for you to think about over 2.5 touchdowns, maybe something that's worthwhile. John says he might already be smashing that line right there. So you go ahead and hit that, John. If you uh-huh. like right now, even juice, it, it, it's a, it's a line that you can get even juice on right now, which I think is really, really interesting. So Jared, I'm with you. I think we're going to see some touchdowns. You take the line, however you think you want to take it. If you want to take over 49.5 or over 2.5 touchdowns, I personally, I'm going to take over 2.5 touchdowns. That to me feels like a safer place to be. I think Drew Locke throws three touchdowns again. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to throw it out there for the betting public to hear. His line is setting at 1.5. That could be another space that you might find some values taking over 1.5 Drew Locke touchdowns. Um, maybe maybe um, Gordon farts in the end zone. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what we go on from there. All right. Round did you did, as, as, as we come back around the horn, did you see the uh, that viral picture of the guy that posted – uh, I, I think it was a Philip Lindsay interview back probably earlier in the season, and he posted something along the lines of he's oh. he's going to eat his own poop if he scores over three touchdowns. Yes, yes, and oh that, that was just going around. I I love it. I love it. Yeah, if you if you missed that, it was a, I think it was a press, <laughs> live press conference. Um, yep. maybe on Facebook or something, and some dude said if Drew Lock throws over three touchdown passes at any point during this year, I'll eat a pile of shit or something. I'll eat a pile of human human poop. <laughs> Human poop, I think, is what he said, and so that might that guy might have to do two different rounds of human poop on that one. Oh, I love it! All right, we love KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler and the tight end room are the number one target for Drew Lock. We're going to take over KJ Hamler. We're taking over on Drew, or I'm sorry, Noah Fant's yards at 41.5. Hey, give Froggy if you go on to FanDuel, if you go on to DraftKings, you can take a bet on the lo- the how long their longest catch is completion is. Again, I love Noah Fant over 16.5 yards. Jared liked over Judy's and over KJ Hamler. I love uh, Drew Locke throwing for two touchdowns. I love the Broncos scoring over 2.5 times. I want to see a fun game. Hell, I don't even – I'd be comfortable if we're back here next week, Jared, and we lost 45-36. I'd be good with that because I'd be up hooting and hollering, and if we just see a lot of action, that would be unflipping believable. So here we go, blowing on my feed. Not the kind that you would think of. Oh, John, this is kind of funny. Um, that's <laughs> oh, that yeah. And Jose, thanks for chiming in. We broke it down. Everything. Uh, Red Cloud, thanks, Derek. He thinks Denver's gonna win by seven. I love it, man. He's calling it right now. Call his shot, man. We are the Ragers Show. You can find us everywhere. You can find your podcast. That's Ragers, like Wager Ray. Y'all got it. Ragers. Oh, Ragers. I'll post some fun content tomorrow on my Twitter feed. Let's try to make some money. Let's have a good time. We got Saturday afternoon football. It's a great excuse, man. It's supposed to be 50 degrees in Colorado. Fire up that grill. Get the cooler out. Let's sit back, relax, enjoy a Broncos game. Hopefully a Broncos victory, man. Jared, you got anything good for the, for the good of the order? Hey, that's good. I, I like it. Uh, we still have a chance the playoffs are ma- not mathematically eliminated, although it's long. I do just want to see a good game. I want to see very minimal mistakes, and I would. I just want to see us go out there and and put it to the Buffalo Bills. And I, and that and honestly, that that's where it really all comes down to, right, Cloud? Go Broncos! I love it, man. We have we have. You're right. December football. It may look like it might be fun. I think Drew Locke is still playing for his chance to be the guy next year. It should be a lot of fun. J Rock, I always love riding with you, man. Much love. Less Rock. 
Let's As go. Always. And of course, go Broncos. Cheers, y'all. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News.